Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the five game NBA main slate on Tuesday. Before we get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make daily videos and live stream for NBA and NFL slates on DraftKings. If you're unable to watch these YouTube videos, I also upload on Apple Podcasts. Link down below. If you're interested in signing up for premium content, offer that on Patreon.com. A few different packages, NFL and NBA package cover uh, showdown slates and the main slates. And I do want to thank the sponsor for today's video, Prize Picks. So... Uh, four prize picks here. Let me refresh this. <clears throat> Two different ways you can play. First way is taking over under and straight up fantasy points. And the second way is taking over under on like um, straight up points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made. Now, there's nothing posted right now. It's because I'm making this video a little bit earlier than usual. Um, but yeah, NFL, like for example, let's see. Although they only have single staff for NFL. But like one example is like for the Thursday night game, Aaron Rodgers, 262 and a half passing yards. You have the under, you have the over. You can mix and match sports too. So if you guys want to try it out, you can sign up using my code DKDFS. That is DKDFS, all one word. You get a 100% match up to $100. Um, all right, guys. So uh, before we get into players, oh, or real quick, uh, thank you guys for continuing to come out and check out all these videos, live streams. Uh, really do appreciate you guys. Um, let's try to aim for 150 likes on this video. Every single like does help me out. Um, and make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell. Um, as always, I'll be doing uh, live streams. We'll try to be doing live streams every single day on YouTube, too. Um, all right, so before we get into players and the prices for this five-gamer, let's look back at my lineup here from tonight. So, uh, tonight's going to need that Portland Clippers game to stay competitive and for Paul George to go for, like, five more steals uh, for me to, to get in the cash. Um, no real letdowns for myself. Uh, it was just the overtime game nuked the slate, uh, that being the, the Boston game. So if you didn't have any Boston and Charlotte exposure, which I did not, you're going to have a hard time winning big money in tournaments. So, yeah, like noob slates like that for, uh, you know, overtime always are a little bit tilting. Uh, but let's go over my lineup. So <clears throat> I used some value here in George Hill, who was, you know, safe value, 20 fancy points, perfectly fine. Um, I knew the upside wasn't massive. I just was a very safe play. He was starting point guard, got me a decent amount of points. Bruce Brown was fine, too, and I used him. We got the starting lineup news a little bit late, so I went there. I went to a lower-owned Thanasis after the combo because we got that news like 10 minutes before Lockdown was going to be starting, so I knew he'd be lower-owned. Like, if we got the, the Thanasis news like two hours before lock, he would have been a lot more popular. However, he got massive foul trouble. It's no one's surprise. Same with Brandon Ingram. Uh, he got a uh, severe foul trouble in the first half. Now, I don't think he missed time in the second half because of foul trouble, but I saw he missed the last four minutes in the first half which is kind of big, right? Four minutes of Ingram, probably add another, I don't know, six fantasy points or so. Um, so a little bit tilted about the random foul tr trouble. JV went off. The only reason I didn't go there was I was worried about the foul trouble, but he stayed out of foul trouble, and he absolutely smashed. I'm um, happy, though, for my best ball team. Yeah, Giannis, I thought was the optimal spend up. He did great 62 fantasy points. Barton was all right. You know, Denver, 87 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. 87. Excuse me? <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, Paul George off to a really, really good start, only 11%, and Precious Achua. So I'm going to need a pretty big second half from Paul George. Need these, uh, the Trailblazers to keep this game competitive. Otherwise, probably going to come up short in tournaments. But I do want to go over some ownership in the Thunder Realm. I thought it was interesting. So um, ownership really condensed uh, on a few plays here. One of them was Giannis, 85%. Again, Thunder Realm, if you guys are not familiar, I always like checking out the, the super high-stakes tournaments to check out ownership. Um, to see where, where people went. Um, so Giannis, 85% owned. George Hill, 42%. So those two, very, very popular. And then James Harden. He was the second highest owned player on uh, in the Thunderdome. 71% owned. 
It looks like that new rule is affecting Harden. I don't know what's wrong with them right now. But that was like a smash spot. Obviously, the blowout hurt him a little bit. But, man, 38 fantasy points even in a blowout is a little bit uh, surprising for, for James Harden. Um, and then, let's see, what else kind of stood out to me ownership-wise? I was a little bit surprised Nora was that popular, 57%. Like, he was decently popular in my tournaments, too. Um, MPJ, that was another one. MPJ was the chalk in the super high stakes, 60% owned. Um, again, 10 for 87 points. 87 Huh? What? Excuse me? Um, let's see. What else? Was there anything else I wanted to mention here about ownership in the Thunderdome? I'm trying to see. Um, Linux was only 14%, so that was another one I was hammering home on Patreon. Uh, I was like, hey, we got to wait for the starters. When Kelly O starts, I'm probably going to play him. Now, with my lineup, I was trying to jam him in. The first game's already locked, and I already had a decent amount of players locked. So, like, the way roster construction worked, I would have had to leave, like, over $1,000 on the table to play Kelly O. Um, so I didn't, but like, he was a guy that uh, I really, really liked once he got the news that he was starting. Um, he was only 14%. Um, I thought that would have been higher in the super high stakes. I thought he was a pretty sharp play today. Um, and then, oh yeah. So the guy that won it, he played 14% Tatum, um, who I was originally on and then Jalen Brown played. So I was like, ah, Tatum's not thinking of a play. Of course, overtime nukes the slate, right? Um, and then, yeah, Precious Chua was another guy that was, was pretty popular in the high stakes, but that made sense, right? That Precious was was definitely underpriced. Um, so, yeah, guys, that's it for the look back. That's it for ownership in the Thunderdome. Let me know if you guys like me going over this. Like, I do it every day no matter what, but let me know if you guys want to see this ownership too in the super high stakes because I always think it's it's interesting. Um, okay, so let's see. Uh, I see the Clippers starting to run away with it. So, no, my, my luck that uh, that game will turn into blowout, even though it was like a two-point spread or something. Um, all right, what's going on here with Babata? So, um, Warriors and Thunder. It's a 224 over under. Warriors 9-point favorites. Rockets and Mavs 220.5 over under. Mavs 11-point favorites. So these first couple games, you have some blowout risk here. Um, Hawks, oh, that's Christmas Day. Okay, so they only have two games out. Um, oh, and then finally, I, sorry, I, I unplugged my mic. Um, so I'm going to no mic for, I guess, the next few days. I know this was a little bit of buzzing, so apologize for that, guys. I'll Trying to work, trying to fix it. Uh, but yeah, I guess I'm going to go no mic for the next couple days. Okay, so we'll start off with Philadelphia. And at the top, Joel Embiid, he's questionable. I'm, he's going to play, right? They're just going to list him as questionable now every single game. Um, yeah, we haven't really seen a big, big game from Embiid yet. I was a little bit surprised that game stayed close. Oklahoma City game stayed close. And he only won for 51 fancy points. Um, now he's priced sub 10K. Um, you know, I'm not super scared of Mitchell Robinson defensively or Taj Gibson. So I still like Embiid a good amount there at that price. Tobias Harris is just like a fine play for me. He'll be the number two on offense. He'll play 35-ish minutes. He does have some upside, uh, but the price doesn't really stand out. <clears throat> and then, yeah, Maxi uh, again, kind of same thing. Just a neutral play for me. Probably play over 30 minutes, but the price is now up. Seth Curry has shot really well, 9 of 12, 9 of 15. It feels like chasing a little bit. Like, he's a fine tournament play, but he's super reliant on the scoring. So, like, you got to realize if you play Seth Curry, the floor is, like, 10 to 15 fantasy points if he doesn't hit his shots. Um... Drummond is questionable. Keep an eye on that. He's been playing the backup five. Um, he's been super productive in that role. If he is out, uh, then Paul Reed got some some of the backup five run. He got about nine minutes, but uh, not enough really for me to go there in DFS. Um, I will mention Danny Green. I hate playing Danny Green, but he's 4K. And in a close game, he probably plays mid-20s minutes. So if you want to play him and fingers crossed he hits his threes, sure. But hey, again, you're not going to feel good about that one. Moving on to the Knicks, so I think Randall's just super safe, right? He's just playing massive minutes. Um, he's going to play close to 40 minutes in a, in a competitive game. 
Um, and he can stuff the stat sheet. So I like Jules Randall a good amount. He's not going to be guarding Joel Embiid, so there's no real risk for foul trouble there. So I think Randall's super, super safe. The rest of this Knicks roster, they're all kind of secondary plays to me. Like, I'm not – I never really play Evan Fournier. I know he had the really good shooting game in overtime, but, like, he's just too reliant on the scoring. Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, they're eating into his into each other's um, usage. I would rather go to D. Rose over Kemba Walker. R.J. Barrett is kind of just always fine for me. Like, he'll play big minutes, but he's not super high usage. And then Mitchell Robinson intrigues me because he has played 30-plus um, minutes in two of the last three games. The only thing I'm worried about is he's prone to foul trouble, and look who he's going up against, right? Joel Embiid. So if you played Mitchell Robinson, fingers crossed. Now, I will say, let me say this. Like I said of Jonas Valanciunas, like if I knew Jonas Valanciunas was going to stay out of foul trouble, I would play him. That's what I'm going to say about Mitchell Robinson. If I knew he would stay out of foul trouble in this game, I would probably play him because Mitchell Robinson's a good point for a guy, a good shot blocker. We've seen five blocks from him in three games. He's, again, a decent rebounder, double-digit rebounds in two of the, the first three games. So if I knew he would stay out of foul trouble, then I would have a good amount of interest. But there's, like, a really good chance he gets in foul trouble against Joel Embiid. And then, let's see, was there anything else I wanted to mention here? Um, Alec Burks at 3.8K probably plays 15 to 20 minutes off the bench. Fine contrarian value play. Let's move on to Golden State and Oklahoma City. So, um, this one has some blowout risk, but I'll say Steph Curry, if the Thunder can keep it close, we can see a massive game from him. So I do like Steph a good amount for GPPs. The rest of this Golden State roster, they're all just risky plays because the way Steve Curry's running his rotation right now. He's running a ton of guys. No one was seeing big minutes. Green and Wiggins are still limited unless we hear otherwise. So I'm going to pass on those two. Jordan Poole, when I finally fade, well, he actually plays normal Mets, plays 32 Mets and smashes. It's like... Why are you closing with Damian Lee over Jordan Poole? Just close with Jordan Poole, Steve Kerr. That makes no sense. So, again, Jordan Poole I like for tournaments. It's just the minutes fluctuate for him. Um, and it looks like uh, dust, the dust of Iguodala will be back. So, for some reason, he's going to play like 25 minutes. So, that really just makes Otto Porter Jr. be lead to complete dart throws because the minutes probably aren't going to be that high. Um... Yeah, Gary Payton's been in this rotation. He got 17 minutes last game. Again, Damian Lee's still getting around 20 minutes, but he's low usage. It's just nothing I feel really good about outside of Steph for Golden State. Moving on to the Thunder, another team that's just a headache really besides a couple guys. So it's SGA and Giddy, the two guys I have some interest in. Um, SGA, well, the game's stay competitive. He played close to 40 minutes, and he's smashed. Um, this is a good matchup. So if the Thunder are going to have a chance to keep this game close, you're probably going to see a big game from Shea. So if you're building out a tournament lineup and you're playing Steph Curry, then maybe you pair him with Shea Gillis-Alexander because the way Steph Curry has a good game is obviously the game has to stay close. The way the game stays close is probably Shea Gillis-Alexander is a really big game. So um, I do have some interest in him at 8.1K and then Josh Giddy 5.8K too. Massive game for both of them. But I repeat, but in a smash matchup against Houston, when I play him, 18 fancy points for Giddy and Shea Gillis-Alexander, 19 fancy points. I fade. 52 and 47. Uh, let's see. Is there any... They're just running too many guys in this rotation. I know Derek Favors is out, but I don't really think that does much because Golden State likes to run small. So, like, if you want to take a dart and Baisley at 5K, I guess it's viable. Roby's not really seeing a ton of minutes. Like, Mike Muscala actually is a solid point for a guy, but I don't see him getting a ton of run in this game. They're just running too many guys for me to really feel confident about anyone else in this team. All right, moving on to Houston. So Christian Wood, 8.4K. 
Um, there is some blowout risk, but he's playing big minutes. Um, 32, 33, and two blowouts, and then 36 in a competitive game. He's probably going to get close to a double-double. He's obviously one of the, the main pieces here for an offense for, for Houston, so I think he's a pretty safe play at that price point. KPJ's been a little bit up and down, right? 17, then 47, then 20 fans points, but the minutes have been there, and I do kind of like this price, so I'm good with Kevin Porter Jr. tournaments because the upside is 40 to 50 fancy points. And then I saw a couple of people in the comments tilting Jalen Green, and I'm right there with you. I played him, I think, the first two games of the uh, of his season. Um, he shot awful, 414, or 4, 414, 411. Um, and then I finally fade. He sets the rookie record for threes. Eight threes. Um, yeah, 6.1K. Now it's to a price where, again, these per- the peripheral stats are not really there for Green, and the price is up after a big game. It, it kind of feels like a chase. Um, I think I'll lean Kevin Porter Jr. over him. And then the rest of this roster, like Jay Sean Tate of 5'3", has been playing some decent minutes. I think he's actually viable. But if he's going to play over 30 minutes, then I do have a little bit of interest in him. Um, and I'll mention my boy son again. He continues to get some solid run off the bench. 19, 18, and 19 minutes has been really solid. Uh, 26, 25, 15 fancy points. So as a contrarian value play, I think that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, let's move on to doubt. So the only risk I'll say here with these, these top two stars is the potential for a blowout. If this, game's can stay, if this game can stay competitive, you can see some really big games from Luka and Porzingis. So Luka Doncic, 10-9. We have yet to see that like massive, massive 70-80 fancy point game from Luka. I think this could be it if Houston can keep this game close. Obviously, can go get your triple-double every single night. So I do like Luka good amount there at the top. And same with Porzingis. Um, he bounced back after that tough uh, first game for 44 fancy points in a blowout, too. Um, oh, wait, no, that, that game stayed close, never mind. But um, I think, was he in foul trouble? He should have played a few more minutes than that. I forget what happened in that game. Um, like, normally, I think Porzingis plays 33, 34 minutes. He's a good shot blocker. He had four blocks last game. Uh, the 7.6K price point, I think, scares some people off. But, yeah, I still like both the uh, Dallas Stars here. I'm not paying almost 7K for Tim Hardaway Jr. If he has one of those games where he nails a ton of threes, show, so be it. I'm not paying that price for him. Um... Let's see, Brunson at 4.2K. He's been getting some decent run off the bench. 26, 23 minutes. I think he's a fair value play guy that can stuff his stat sheet. And then um, I will mention Dwight Powell because this is a bigger Houston front court. Uh, 20 and then 25 minutes last game. So Powell's not the best point for any guy, but he's almost mid-price and it's going to start. So um, I think he's actually a safer value play. We did see uh, Willie Cauley-Stein barely play last game, only played three minutes. Um, and then Maxi Kleba... Um, you know, hasn't really been seeing big nets either. So, like, of those bigs, I think Powell's probably the guy I look to for Dallas. All right, Lakers and Spurs. So the, single, the thing I'll say about the Lakers, Stars, the big three, they're playing massive minutes. Look at this. LeBron James, 37-37, and then 40 minutes. Anthony Davis, 39-38-34. Russell Westbrook, 35-35, 37 minutes. So the big three for the Lakers are all in play for me. The thing I'll say is it's a little bit hard to try to figure out who it's going to be that has a big game on a night-to-night basis, but like all three are reasonably priced for me. Um, I don't know if one stands out more than the other, but I have interest in all three of the uh, main three for the Lakers if they're going to continue to play close to 40 minutes a night. Now, behind that, it's just, ugh. I know Melo had a big game last game, but I don't really know if I want to pay 5.2K for him. Bazemore is probably their best defender, but he's really just standing on offense, not doing anything. Um, the two bigs in DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. 
Like, I guess I don't hate 3.2K Dwight Howard and hope he plays 10 to 15 minutes as a contrarian value play. Like, normally he's a pretty solid point for a guy. We have yet to see it from him this season, but he can go get, like, 25 fancy points in, like, 15 minutes. I wouldn't be super surprised if that does happen. Again, DeAndre Jordan's been starting. He's been playing 10 to 15 minutes. They're both decent point for guys, but, like, neither really stands out to me. Rondo got DNP last game. Ugh, and there's nothing else I really trust in the Lakers. Now, the Spurs... I kind of like the Spurs um, for tomorrow. The reason being is you, you know where the offense is coming from from the Spurs. It's the main two guards and Murray and White. And both these guys are playing big minutes right now. In a competitive game, they're going to play about 35 minutes. The thing I love about John Tamurray, he stuffs the stat sheet, right? 15, 8, and 6. 15, 9, and 6. 10, 9, and 7. So he doesn't necessarily have to have a good shooting game to get you there. And when he does, when he does have a good shooting game, he can go for 50. So I kind of like DeJounte Murray at that price. And I also have some interest in Derek White. I think both play around 35 minutes of this game to his competitive. And these are the two guys that are really going to lead this offense. And I think Jakob Pertl is underpriced at 5-6. Going up against a big Lakers front court. You guys saw what Stephen Adams did last time. He had a really big game. Um, Jakob Pertl, if this game stays close and there's no foul trouble, I think he plays around 30 minutes. And he's a guy that's a good rebounder, can block some shots. He almost had a triple-double last game. He had 10-8-6. Game 1-2-12-13-7. So like, You've seen a couple games where you've almost had a triple-double from Jakob Pertl. They're really involving him a lot in this offense. So I like the big three here from the Spurs, if you want to call it that, in Murray, White, and Pertl. I never feel good about Kellen Johnson, but he does have upside, right? The upside is there, so floor's lower with him, but I think he's a good tournament play. And then I really don't trust anything else. Thad Young's not really in the rotation. Doug McDermott will play some minutes, but he has to the shots to get there. Lonnie Walker, 4.2K, should play, you know, low to mid-20s minutes off the bench. I think it's, a, it's fine for GPPs. Um, Devin Vassell, 3.3K, same thing. Like, does have some upside if he hits the shots, but the floor is relatively low. So if you want to roll the dice on one of those, like, shooters off the bench, like a Lonnie or Vassell, it's, it's, it's doable for tournaments. And finally, Denver and the Jazz. Well, Denver got killed by Cleveland today. Uh, but yeah, Nicole Jokic's 10.6K, I think, is super safe. He's going to play mid-30s minutes. I know Gobert is known for a good defender. I'm, that's not going to get me off Jokic. Um, I think he's a really safe spend-up. MPJ and Barton both had kind of subpar games, right? They just, Denver, 87 points or whatever it was. Like, that's just gross. Now, this is a tougher matchup for them. But, like, without Jamal Murray, both these guys are going to play over 30 minutes. Uh, both getting a decent amount of shot attempts up. So I'm fine with either of the, uh, the mid-range players here for Denver. But other than that, there's really not much here. I don't love the price on Gordon. Monta Morris is a splitting minutes with Campazzo, PJ Dozer. You saw Bones Highland play a couple minutes. The two green bros are just, like, not getting enough minutes for me to go there. So, like, it's it's Jokic, MPJ, and Barton, and that's it. And finally, the Utah Jazz. So, uh, down the Mitchell, I don't think he's going to be super popular. He does have upside, um, so I like him for GPPs at this price point. Gobert's had a couple big games in a row, but, like, He's not going to average 45 fancy points a game, um, and now he's going up against Jokic. There's some foul trouble risk, so um, probably not going to go go bear. Now, I like the price in common. I think he's just too cheap, right? In a competitive game, he's going to play low 30 minutes. He played 31 minutes last game, went for 30 fancy points. I think he's a pretty safe play. A guy that can stop the stat sheet. Um, so I like Mike Conley there at that price. Um, Clarkson always vi- is, is viable for tournaments. A uh, little more reliant on the scoring. I would say Conley more of the, your cash game play. And then the wings, like Bojan, uh, Royce O'Neal, Ingles, not not much stands out there. Whiteside has been playing the back of five. I will say this. Um, we know Hassan Whiteside is a great point-per-minute guy. If Rudy Gobert gets in foul trouble, early foul trouble, you could see Whiteside smash. But, like, you're going to need the foul trouble from Gobert at this price. Like, if Whiteside was, like, in the 3K range, I'd be fine playing him at 4-5. 
Again, he's a phenomenal point for a guy. Almost a double-double on limited action. But if, if you do get that early foul trouble from Gobert, you could see a massive game from Hassan Whiteside. <clears throat> and yeah, guys, I think that's going to do it for the video today. So if you haven't joined the content, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And yeah, let me know how you guys did tonight. Uh, but thanks again. Have a great night. And I will see you guys all tomorrow in the live stream.